All right. What's going on, y'all? This is Mr. Tapers Barber Light. We in the building with a very, very special guest, a longtime friend of mine, one of the top barbers in the game. And I just want to welcome to Mr. Tapers Barber Light, my man, Big Rob. What's going on, bro? What's going on, big dog? Long time no see. It's good to hear from you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm glad I had a chance to catch up with you because I know you got a lot of well, a lot of good stuff going on with you. Um, but let's start from the beginning, man. Uh, where are you from? I am from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Grew up uh, in a small town called Fort Dodge, but spent most of my life here in Des Moines. Okay. Now that's for somebody like me from New York, I had never met anybody from Des Moines. Okay. So it was crazy when I met you. And then when we came out to the event, the the uh the, the, the class of the Clippers, you know, I'm not expecting to see that many black people, but shoot, there there was a lot of black people at that event, boy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you was talking Crazy. about the um, so the first one you came to was the Midwest Barber. Yeah, uh, yeah, explosion. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what it so was. So that was more like, you know, putting on the you know the hair shows for the women, and uh-huh. uh, you know, the Clash of the Clippers is more for the for the barbers. You okay, know? Well, I couldn't leave that part out with the women. With the Midwest Barber style, it's an explosion. So I right. had to find it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. So tell me, what what made you decide to become a barber? Especially, you know, man. and, you know, go ahead. Well, it all started with uh, my father bringing a pair of home of Clippers. And back where I'm where I was born at in a small town called Fort Dodge, we didn't have no barber shop. So oh, uh, in the whole city. Know, yeah, it wasn't no barber shop. So it was just basically, you know, go over a friend house or, you know, either my dad to cut my hair. But once I got those pair of clippers, mm-hmm. I was able to experiment with myself, my younger brothers, and um, you know, I'm an artist, so of course, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna do the initials in their head and uh it kind of started from that point, you know, the, when I when I touched those clippers that my dad brought home. Okay, well, let me, let me ask you this. Um, first question: What made you stay in Des Moines? Because I know, Ooh, yeah, of, so yeah, a lot of people would have moved out after you know. You you are totally right. I I did leave. I left. Uh, Matter of fact, I was I was in barber school when I left, you know. And oh. before when I came in to Des Moines, I had an opportunity to leave and go out to North Carolina and live with my brother. But mm-hmm. that didn't happen. So uh what happened was they um they had this program down here called Independent Living. Mm-hmm. It was uh uh like a, a group home for kids. Uh so mm-hmm. basically you go through like a phase one, phase two is to make a long story short, they put you in your own housing while you're in school. So, uh, okay. When I uh, started school down here, and I had my own place while I was in high school. 
uh, I always had a pair of Clippers. So uh, I started cutting people at school, my teammates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So at the school, I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. Uh, so I went to barber school and uh, I had dropped out and I quit to move to Charlotte. So okay, when I moved out to Charlotte, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm tired of Iowa. And I always wanted to leave Iowa. But, uh, you know, I had to come back and finish up school. Okay. So when I did that, it was really. Uh, Wait, how many, how many hours did you need to finish up? Oh, we needed 2,100 hours to finish school here. Okay. So, so when you uh, came back, how many hours did you need? I needed like about 500. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you was, you was going to school full time when you came back? Yeah, not when and before I left, I was going full time. So basic school would be from like eight in the morning to like five. Okay. Now see, a lot of people they don't, you know, you hear people all the time say, "Yo, I want to go to barber school. I want to be a barber," but they don't know the sacrifice because you got to be in school from eight to four, eight to five, and when you in school, you ain't making no money. You right. You know what I mean. So you got to tell yourself, yo, this is what I really want to do. You know, I got to do what I got to do, you know, work nights or whatever. But, you know, talk a little bit about that sacrifice, man. Man, that was uh, definitely an uh, experience. Uh, yeah, like you said, it was eight to five. Uh, basically, we made our money off of tips. So, you know, like back then, 2000, you know, 2000 what yeah around 2099 you know um if you uh was bringing home like 40 50 bucks 80 bucks home and in, in dollar tips you know you get about two three haircuts at the school you know that's ten dollars mm-hmm. that's thirty dollars so if you could you know push a hundred a day you know you was able to get through and you know there were times okay. where i had to go get a job and stuff like that but um what job, what job were you working back then? I was doing little odd jobs. I was working at the restaurants in between. And, um, you know, I, I was able to fortunately build up a clientele. So what helped me got through on that second uh, shift of uh, my uh, while I was in school was I was able to go back home to my hometown. So mm-hmm. I would sometimes take a day off like a weekend every other weekend saturday and go up there and cut on saturday and sunday and uh i'll be cutting uh i think i was doing the kids like the little kids for five bucks and uh, adults for ten but i was able to walk away with two three hundred dollars oh back then you know while you're in school was good then i was able to build up a clientele um Towards my end of the school, I was able to build a clientele at the school. So I would go to school from 8 to 5. Then after 5 o'clock, I would cut um, at my godmother's house from 5 to, like, 11 or 12. And while I'm cooking, while I'm cutting, she's in there cooking burgers, selling them to the clients. So, and um, this is, uh, like, a friend of a family, but they end up becoming, like, you know, like, they took me in to why, you know, why I was in school. That's how I was able to get through school through them. Okay. Hey, you know, we're still call each other brothers and sisters, you know, but you know, with that, without them, you know, I don't know how I would have made it. And I, I, 
I tell I tell my sister that now. She knows the story, but the rest of them I really don't, you know, I need to tell them, that, you know, thank you. Right. No. Well, they, well, they'll know now. Right. Well, check it. Do you have any clients that were with you when you were in barber school that's still with you now? Yeah, that's crazy. Man. Have today, yeah. I still have. And it's more like uh, locked in now, you know, like a real relationship, like. Right. Like, about how many? About how many could you say yeah. twenty-year clients? How many twenty-year clients you got? I could say, to be honest, like as today, like right now, and you know, I've been doing a lot of moving around, so I've been like neglecting my clients. But okay. I would say about a good solid four. Okay. Yeah, I had two, but now I'm down to one because yeah. during COVID he grew his hair out. But mm. yeah. You ever stop to think like, yo, this dude been with me from day one. And you know what? Those those clients right there, I tell them, I'm like, you know, your grandfather, man. You know, you just, you know, I don't even tell them. You know, and they like, what I owe you? I'm like, whatever you want to give me, man. Right. And because that's what I do. It's not, it's not even about that. It's more about building a legacy, you know, like right. that person been with me. I, you know, and I had one client just dropped off because he said, he said, Rob, you know, I've been with you since on the porch. And you know what I'm saying? I should be getting way better treatment than this. You know what I mean? And he was right. You know what I mean? Because he literally like, he just literally just started growing his hair out to dreads. But oh, Okay. Yeah. And um, that just happened about a year ago. I really stopped. I haven't been, really been cutting his hair. And um, I lost a lot of my clients, really, because it's like what's happening right now is like really forcing me to not cut. You know what I mean? Like when you're running uh, three shops with, you know, 35 to 40 barbers with 40 different personalities. And, right. You know, comes with that. Then, then on top of that, you know, your own life, you know. Your, right. You know, then, you know, with the hair shows and stuff like that, I had to slow down on that because... It was just like, you know, I see Damn. it. I see it and I don't want to let it go, but sometimes you gotta step back. You know what right. I mean? Right. You don't run out of gas. You know. Because sometimes true. those shows could be expensive. One of my shows ran out to be like forty eight thousand, you know. And um, I asked myself, I don't like I'd be looking like, how did I pull that off? Like, you know, but like when you hungry for something and you want it to happen. Right. Yeah, you'll go make it happen. It's crazy. It's just like right. when you want that first car. Yeah. You go get it. You're going to make it happen. Okay. So. Okay. Well, let me talk about... You can't talk about Big Rob without talking about the designs. And first, let me say, I still got to give you props because you don't have to cut hair at all. And you still take the time. I don't care if it's one day. Or I don't care if it's one hour a week. You still cut hair a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. See, I like that because I, and there's nothing wrong with it, but I hear other barbers, they say, man, I ain't trying to cut hair, you know, when I'm 40 or, you know, I'm not trying to cut hair all my life. Not that that's what you're trying to do, but the fact that you still love it after cutting for over 20 years, you the type of dude that I know, you know, I know I could get along 
with somebody like you. You know what I'm saying? So tell me this. When did you start your designing? Your designs? Because your design skills are crazy. That was there before the cutting. Um, okay. So the design game, because I was an artist, so it was easy for me to look at a picture and duplicate it and give it that same look and using the hair as a canvas to mm -hmm. create that art, you know? And, um, okay. you know, now, like, from way back down, way back then to now, it's like, whoo. Right. Going from old out of space, you know, like, it's, it's the door. There's so many different levels of it right now. Like, I don't even know where to start or begin because now we can allow color, paint, you name it. Right. Like, you can use just anything. And, and I, like, have you taught any design classes? Yes, yes, yes. I did one last year. I did a, quite a few classes. Um, Man. I did a hair unit class. I did on just. Uh, I did an art design class and uh, just how to, you know, build your clientele up, you know, just basing on all the points of being a professional barber. Right. You should take that class nationwide, bro. Because you I know, know a lot of barbers who sign up for it. Yeah, I know. I just, you know, sometimes when you just put so much on the plate, you try to figure out what's the best moves and stuff like that. So now I'm just kind of like, you know, falling back and putting stuff in order and, you know, focusing on what's most important and kind of okay. just not try to open up so many books and so many different chapters and just try to complete one. So right, right. To finish it out strong. And right. I've always been like that, you know. But now I'm, I'm understanding, like, you know, especially at my age, like, you know, you know, you can take control of your life anytime you want. It's really up to you how you want to put it in order. You know, you just got to do it, you know. Right. You remove all the distractions out the way. Right. Well, when I first met you, you only had one shop. So tell me what was it or when did you decide to open a second shop? Like, was it something like y'all got so busy that you had to? Or what, what was it? It was a quite a few reasons uh one was uh at one point we were getting you know at one time it was really like a black man's country club you know what i mean it was that right you know, like right any other culture was afraid to come into our establishment you know we were like you know young black kids you know and uh it was just the environment of that time and our clientele was was that you know what I mean? So it was like, right, don't go there. That's 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 drug related. That's they, they you know, we was called everything, and and it's funny now because now when I look back and see so much growth, and uh -huh. just see so many different walks of life come through. But what made me want to open up another shop was because we started getting so many different walks of life in that shop. So, and uh -huh. I, I'll give you an example right here. One day we're having a conversation in the shop and. And this is one of the reasons why I don't really talk about politics and religion because it could get kind of touchy. Yeah. But anyways, we had somebody in there that was Catholic. There was somebody in there that was Muslim, Christianity, but it was all different cultures. And when I say all different cultures, I don't mean just like the states. You know, it was like one brother was from Afga Af Afghanistan. The other person was from China. So he was Buddhist. And it was like really going down. And 
you know, you had the Muslim, Catholic, you know, and the Christianity. And um, I just, you know, then we have the officers, we have the judges up in there. Uh, oh, then the judges be up in there, and he didn't put this brother cousin in jail or the PO officer, you know, so this situation is where oh, I had to interfere and break it up, you know what I mean? And it was just, the, the, as far as rivals in the street, they'd be bumping heads, and um, so Damn. I was like, um, I'd open up a shop. Matter of fact, I had opened up two shops, and they both fell. Um, so mm. the third one that I opened up after that, it was really a, a challenge for me because it was in an area to where there was no other business open. So, but the mm -hmm. rent was at a good price. It was low. Okay. So uh, I was like, okay, let me shoot my shot. And, um, you know, it was an upscale. Uh, we had put a bar up in there and, uh, you know, and. Uh, was it hard getting a liquor license? No, because it was, it was free beer. Oh, okay. Okay. So you get a haircut with a bit, you know, with a, with a glass of beer, you know, free water, little things like that. Okay. Uh, but that That's was a good idea. Because the first six months was, it was tough. You know what I mean? Because we're in it. We're now on the main street. We're in the back of town center, you know, uh -huh. and it took a while uh, for us to, uh, to get people to know where we're at. You know what I mean? So, but now four years later, uh, there's 15 chairs filled up. Uh, oh, got a great geez. system that I have uh, to where everybody's able to create a clientele and everybody's eating. And um, I tell them, I say, you know, I'm not in excellence until we're all in excellence. So I'm always striving to be better because, you know, back then, during the Black Country Club, you know, it was that. You know what I mean? Just like how we see it in the movies. But now, you know, things are, are different now. Right, you know I mean? right. So there ain't no really many walk-ins. And if you want a good service, you know you want to set up a point. Right. You know? And it's a big difference from 10 to 15 20 dollars to now 50 60 70 80 100 dollars okay. I mean? so if you're going to be charging somebody over 60 dollars you have to create the look right on how you look on how you talk your consistency and when i say consistency i'm talking about everything you know what i mean on your your service your cuts um you know how how do you look you know how do you look how did the customer look when he when you turn around to your station and how you look at your station? What did your station look like? You know, right, right. So you know, back then, and it was so raw when I first opened up because customer service wasn't there. You know what I mean? Because nobody teaches how to run a you know a business. You know, so I had to go through the hard way through the bumps and curves. You know, at one point it was weird. Like you see, hey, how you doing today? How can I help you? And you got the other brothers over like. He being extra today, you know, but no, mm. they didn't understand the value of how important customer service was. Right, right. You know, a white person come in, it's like, oh, he trying to be an Uncle Tom. You know what I mean? No, it's uh, business. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? And it was just different, you know what I mean, back then. like, And when we started making that transition, I had this one barber come into our shop, and it was just different. Because he was greeting all the clients, you know, and it, he made everybody get out of their shell because they wasn't used to that. They was just used to speaking to their own. Mm -hmm. Where was so, he from? He was from Cedar Rapids. 
Okay. Which was like two hours away from there. But okay. when he came in, he changed the game because he was doing the towel experience, putting the hot towels, you know, the different mm-hmm. oils on your face. And everybody looking at him like, like he trying to show up. But no, he's just showing y'all what type of services y'all missing. Mm-hmm. Making people feel good and making people feel comfortable, you know? Is is he still there? No, he he got his own shop now. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Damn, that's uh first of all, I gotta give you props. I thought you only had two barbershops. You got three. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's it's uh very challenging, you know. Um it's a lot easier to run one or two shops. And you know, the third one, um was all right too, but then when you run into that bump and that challenge, or you get three, mm-hmm. four people that leave, and then you got somebody that's backdooring you down, you know, you got to know how to, you know, move without getting your feelings. And sometimes that's hard because, you know, yeah. you don't see it coming or you expect it. And then you ask yourself, like, what, you know, we're not like that. You should be able to feel free to talk about anything. You know, if anything, you, like me, I want to see everybody successful. Even if you're not with me or not, you know what I mean? Because if you leave on good terms, you know, that makes me look good as, you know, a shop owner. Like, well, where did you start from? You know? Oh, yeah, I worked at Rob's shop, you know? So uh, it's always good to see people, you know, get to a point to where they're able to, you know, spread their wings. And, um, you know, but sometimes it don't ever go good. It goes, it, it, it either could go sour or it could go good, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Um that uh shoot. Uh shit. Well, let me say this. Oh, I thought I talked to a barber a couple of years ago about having an organization for shop owners because there are a lot of issues barbers they just don't know about. And just like you just told me what you went through, I, I literally went through the same thing two years ago. I had a barber, you know, he he didn't, he just had a bad attitude and, you know, he was opening his own shop and I was just like, yo, please hurry up and open your shop and get out of my shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, and the thing about it, I help. I literally helped this dude get his his license. I literally went over the videos with him, and lit, I went to the state board with him. He forgot his clippers. Okay, I rushed to Target just to get him some clippers so that he could take in the state board. And in the end, you know, he ends up with this. Once he got his license, all of a sudden it was a bad attitude and, you know, but my point is shop owners, we need like a, some sort of just group where we could just talk about stuff that has happened to us. You know what I mean? Cause if I tell that to a barber, I mean, he'll understand, he'll understand, but he won't really understand like another shop. Owner, you know what I mean, when you're having a, when you're coming from a boss, point of view and having a conversation with the barber that rents chair is it's hard to have those conversations because they're coming from a mindset of renting chair 
You know what I mean? Their responsibilities is completely different than the the shop owner responsibilities. You know, I just had a situation the other day to where I was explaining to someone about, you know, the, the chair rent, you know, and they're they're in the expectations and stuff like that. And they was like, well, um, no, we're talking about cleanness, right? And mm-hmm. one of the barbers was like, well, you have OCD. And I'm like, no, the shop needs to be cleaned out through the day. That's part of your job. Who you think is supposed to pick up the hair after when you after you finish? You right. know. And what happens is you get certain barbers that will pick up a broom and do a walkthrough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To where he might be sweeping somebody else's hair up. Well, right. then you get some barbers that are lazy and take advantage of that. Right. And if you don't call it out, then it becomes kind of chaotic, you know, and to the mm-hmm. point to where it becomes cancer in the shop. Right. Oh, and, um, oh. yep. Then um, it went to the, to the level like, well, when you're booked out, when do you when do you have time to clean? I said, well, when do you take a break? You know, mm-hmm. like, do we wait to the end of the day or the next day to come clean the bathroom if it's dirty? You know, do you yeah. want your car? How do you how do you rate yourself at a four or five star shop or business? You know, what I mean, people rate you on your Google, but on how they see your business, you know, right. and I tell them, and I tell them like this, you know, I got to know. Uh, next strip on the on the floor right so if you got a strip on the floor you know i'm first is now i'm gonna give you the eye you know what i mean then if you you know like we shouldn't even be having this conversation because how would you like it if i if i went into the doctor's office and i seen the dentist's office i see all the slots that he you know that he took the people doing on the floor and i gotta walk over that you know you should feel that same way about Next strips around people hair or just hair period. Who wants to walk on somebody's hair and travel it to their house? You know? Right, right. That's what I'm saying. It'd be the little things, you know. Yeah. And And then everybody got this thing, I'm my own boss. You know, what does that mean? Right. That means you're gonna pretty much work a little bit more hours. It's not your own Mm -hmm. boss, you can come when you go. You know, you understand, like, and that's what's happening with the barber shops now. Because back then, when we said we open up at eight, and we close at seven, mm-hmm. but we didn't close at seven. We stayed there till about nine or ten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was it was that good. You know what I mean? I'm gonna get this yeah. money. You know what I mean? Those twenties will add up. You know, mm-hmm. into a six seven hundred dollar day. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about no weekend. I'm just talking about a Tuesday Wednesday type of thing. Mm. You know? Wow. So, so now it's like I got barbers that are come in at twelve and one, mm. and they complaining at the end of the week. Like, yeah, I'm like, look, man, you you disrespecting the game and you disrespecting the business because there's people that already started their day four or five o'clock in the morning, and here you are waking up at twelve, and you want something great to come out of that, right? Then it's so wicked now because now we got social media and there's so many people out here throwing their best highlights of their week, not the day of the week. Right. And shooting it out there like they're doing this every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we don't know like what's authentic. And we, and that's why we got a relationship today because we was out there before mm-hmm. all that. 
Right. If right. you wasn't out there and you don't know Barber's only magazine and you know, like like you you missing a whole different layer of sauce. Right. Yeah. I mean? And yep. um you know, the people right now, I'm not taking nothing away for them, but you know, they they was able to be blessed overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, like who are you? Where are you coming from? Like Mm-hmm. You know, there's tons of them, you know, but there's also authentic original people like yourself and, you know, the Doug Flavors and G Wiz and, you know, mm-hmm. right. You know, like that, you know, even when it comes to us, we didn't water our own self down. Right, right. We're black barbers, you know what I mean? It's sad. Mm-hmm. When I go to these shows, I don't see us there. I see my Latino brothers. Oh, yeah. I can't, even, I can't even be mad at them. Nah. You know, I can't at all. You know, because they hungry for it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like I remember going to the Bronner Brothers, and it was like, "Ooh, this got to be like heaven or hair." Right, right. You know what I mean? Like just seeing like on a big stage, twenty thousand. You know, and being mm-hmm. able to work backstage mm-hmm. was sick. You know, like I was just telling my girl the other day, I was like, that's one of the things I want to do before I put my clippers down is to get on that stage. Okay. And I'm this kid from Iowa, like, who, you know, and I already, I got so many, you know, I, I didn't work with some of the best people. So, you right. know, Tyreek, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. G-Wiz, Doug Flavors, you know, DL, you know, like, mm-hmm. these guys, I didn't see them rock this stage. Right, right. And that's where a little bit of the motivation came from from me doing the hair shows. Okay. And I felt like I brought that here to Iowa because of the the shows being inspired by the Proud Lady, being inspired by um, mm-hmm. the Bronner Brothers, uh, Glenn. What is oh, Glenn yeah, Brothers? yeah. OG I just seen him on a poster out there bringing back all the highlight people, but you know, mm-hmm. just even getting an award from him, you know, the Barber of the Year, you know, like out of Virginia, you know what I mean? Like, okay. Like, just being noticeable and getting recognized through different parts of the uh, country, not before social media. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was, it was different, you know what I mean? Do uh, people notice you like through a magazine or something like that? Not, not the internet, because we didn't really have that. We had MySpace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I feel like Facebook is a new version of MySpace, you know? Right. right. And Twitter, you know, is like Instagram. I want I wouldn't say Instagram, but you know where I'm going at. But yeah. it's like it's I don't know, it's it's totally different. I mean, I ain't taking nothing from nobody because you know, whatever works, works. Right. It's so, crazy because you could I can I say I could move to Iowa, don't know anybody. But if if I come to work on time, leave late, and I'm real good with my social media, I could build up my clientele in like 90 days. You know, back in the day, we couldn't do that. We had to pass out flyers, like hardcore and I flyers. I still do. I still do. So last year when I opened up... Uh... A couple of years ago, when I had my shop, I had uh, put yard signs mm-hmm. all over the city. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, when I get in it, I want to be creative. Like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna do what I'm gonna do what everybody else ain't doing. Right. 
And I think that's what gave me an advantage of where I'm at today because I was willing to go invest back into me, into my career, whether it was classes, whether it was educating, whether it was me uh, going to all these shows, building these relationships, people like yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, it carried weight. I can get on a phone call with anybody around the country, but yo, I'm putting on a show. I need you to hear. And it's just crazy, like how much love I get outside the States and your, oh, own, yeah. your own backyard, you know? That's man. That's how but I love it though, because that makes me go hard even more. Like, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like last year I didn't put on a show, you know, cause every show is, it'd be, I'd be like, It'd be that, you know, I'm working throughout the whole year, mm-hmm. whether if I'm opening up a new shop or whatever, some type of other project is going back on. But not on top of that, I'm also hitting all these other shows, passing out my info while I'm grabbing their info. And, yo, mm-hmm. it's like a kind of thing. I'll come support you, come support me. So, and it's okay. not, it don't even got to be down to that narrow, but just showing love. And when you do that, it's not hard to get that love back. So you right. just treat people how you want to be treated. And next thing you know, 10 years down the road, you didn't create something that you planted a seed a long time ago. And here you are, you know, eating the fruits off of it. So that's why, mm-hmm. you know, I try to keep that lie. You know, I be wanting to do it every year, but the way I do it, you know, I do it like Browner Brothers, you know, and, and even bringing the, the barber flavor to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's really about that that stage when those girls come out and put on a Broadway show with the props, costumes. You got to have a dance routine. And, you know, wow. I'm like the director in the back, you know, because I, I know the vision because I've been to multiple shows. And I'm like trying to take it to where I'm, I want to put it into, get content to where it could be its own show. And I mm-hmm. think there's people that did it, but... It's just about finding the right sponsorships and the right resources to make it happen. And that's why I gave you that call, you know, a couple months ago. Cause I felt like, you know, my man Curtis opened it up to where he did a tour around the whole country. You know, and mm-hmm. that's how he was able to promote his product, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like coming from my point of view, uh, me being an artist and me being a competitor and me being at every angle of it, I feel like I could bring a different angle at it, you know, and that's why I came up with like, you know, it's time for us to do a award show and mm-hmm. have somebody like Mike Epps or Cedric Container or Kevin Hart host that joint, you mm-hmm. know, like you got to think how much power that we have and who do we know and the connections and all that, that we have by just cutting somebody hair. Right. Right. So we all got connect. So, but I could just see that being hosted somewhere in Las Vegas, you know, like I just, I'm not afraid to dream big no more. And I'm not afraid to take a risk. And, you know, sometimes, like I said, I don't know how I put that show on it, but it started with a vision. Right. Right. When they hand me that bill, I got it paid, you know? Right. You know, at least that building was like 20,000, you know? Oh, shoot. So, you know what it costs? Like, uh, for the hotels, for the educators, and you know all those people that you, who you want to come do that you got to come out. So, yeah. Then we gave away what five thousand dollars for for the uh, for the first place for the battles. But that's not even including the barber. That's just for the the battle of the salon. So, mm-hmm. and I always and I always did rate. I never 
And I'm thinking about doing it this time because I'm going to do it, but I always kept the prize money big because, you know, like like I said, I'm coming from that side of the field because I know what it costs. You know, I right. travel. By the time you get done with your plane ticket, the hotel, the food, and you got to take your model and take care of them. Mm-hmm. You know? So by the time you get done with doing that, you know, that little $1,000, you know, 500 because – most of them are five hundred, not a thousand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'd be what is it about? Why are you doing it? You know, what I mean, is it right. about the bragging rights, or is it about the trophies, or is it about the cash, or is it about you building a, a legacy, or you know, are right. you trying to do some kind? And back then, it wasn't. We didn't even have cameras out. We had we was taking pictures. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Taking pictures. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's different. But I'm ready for, I, I try to stay up with the new trends and, you know, stay up with the new styles and just mm-hmm. the new gadgets, the new tools and all that. So, and it's. So, you, yo, okay. We waiting for my man Big Rob to come back. He just uh, got cut off. But uh, what Rob is talking about which is uh which is really important when you putting on a show you have to think of all the expenses that go along with it now let's call big rob and see what happened because i think his battery might have died or something let me see here Okay, so we'll we'll wait for him to log back on. Let's see. Log in again. Okay. All right. I will wait for Big Rob to to get back on because we're having a really good interview. Um, Big Rob is the type of person. When he has a vision for something, he is going to get it executed. And that's one of the things that I really admire about him. He takes a dream, he turns it into a vision, he turns the vision into reality. And that's what I really, really respect about him. So we're going to do a part two to this interview. And for those that have tuned in, thanks a lot. And I'll check y'all later. Don't forget part two coming up soon.